All right. Welcome back to the Colcast, guys. Um, as you might know, I am uh, my name is Francis. I am the general manager here at Coal Ironworks. Um, and we are relaunching this series that was originally done in the back of a very dangerous vehicle, or I, not in the back, in the driver's seat of a very dangerous vehicle. And um, we've uh, we've moved up a little bit. We've got a couple microphones, and uh, we're able to bring some some new guests in instead just uh, one person talking about topics as they've uh, correlated through the past week or so of their life where uh, we're able to kind of dig into into detail about some things. And uh, today's episode, uh, I think we're going to be able to interview Chris, uh, who has worked for us for about a year and a half. A little half, over a year. Yep. A little over a year. Um, so first thing, Chris, who are you and what do you do here? I'm Chris. Um, I'm actually our inventory and purchaser now. I started out as a assembler and uh, came in and uh, jumped through a couple hoops and went through uh, the controller building and then I went to uh, inventory and purchasing. Okay. So um, you actually started before I did. So mm-hmm. walk us through what made you want to come here? Why Why did you come here? How did you get the opportunity to come work here? Because that's kind of a neat story too. Yeah. Um, actually, we both kind of have the uh, the the experience of knowing the guys before the whole thing started. Um, you were very close with Nathan. I was really close with Andy and David. And um, honestly, the way I came here was I was kind of looking for a job and I was taking my kid over to the old shop, to the shop that I work out of, um, to teach him how to blacksmith. And we were just going over there to play to kind of hang out and stuff. And Was that Vic's shop? Vic's shop, yep. Okay. And the funny thing was is we we played and stuff and there was actually a chalkboard in there that actually had Andy and Nate and David's old hours on it. And I was making fun of it because the hours were a little different between the guys <laughs> and the, the amounts. Um, and then I walked outside actually, and I was just checking my Facebook and um, a hiring sign came up for Cole. Um, and I was like, and I looked at my wife and was like, do you think I should try this? And um, she was like, I don't care, do whatever you want. So I messaged, uh, I messaged the page with the hiring page and I said, Hey, uh, I hope this gets to Nate. Um, I don't, this is after Andy passed. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I don't know if you know me or not. Um, we met once, uh, before, um, but I was friends with Andy and David and blah, blah, blah. And just kind of, I didn't know if I could come in and maybe talk to you. And he was like, yeah, come on in, um, sometime and talk to me next week. I'm like, Oh, well when? And he was like, Tuesday. And I'm like, when Tuesday? He's like, I don't care. And I'm like, I, I don't Very work like Nathan that. Fashion, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I don't work like that. I got to yeah, just show time. up. Stop asking yeah. me questions. So <laughs> I told him, I was like, okay, what about like 10 o'clock? That way you can have time to get done with your morning meetings because I didn't know how those worked or anything here. Um, and 10 then that way you might can have get, been uh, a little too soon based right? off of the, the <laughs> right? morning meetings back then. Yeah. Yeah. But I came in and um, honestly, I talked to him and he was like, hey, what do you like doing? What are you, what are you doing? And I kept saying, I remember I kept saying, I don't know if I fit. And Mm -hmm. he finally goes, what do you mean by that? You keep saying that. What do you mean by that? And I told him, I'm like, I'm not like Mr. Handy. I didn't do a lot of tools and things like that. And his response was, dude, I can teach you all that. As long as you show up to work, I don't care. And I'm like, I got that. Yeah. So, and then it was a thing to work. And he's like, when you want to start? Tuesday? Cool. Come on in. Yeah. And it was, it was very, very quick. So you met, um, 
you met Andy and uh, David through being their their youth group leader or youth pastor. I yeah. don't know the technical. Yeah, they came to the youth group. It was a really big youth group. It was one of the biggest youth groups in Indiana. We had 931 kids a week. And it was, I had kind of my core group that would like, we would do uh, set up and tear down and things like that. And I had a core group of kids that we hung out with mm-hmm. and just kind of, we were just kind of like, okay, cool. I, we're going to go bowling this week. We're going to do this, just extra stuff on the side. Um, and it was a, it made this little core group of kids and, um, their friend Shad was actually one of them. Yeah. Um, and I was really close to Shad and his sister and they kind of brought Andy and David in. I didn't know who they were. I didn't know anything about them really. And it was just kind of a, oh, okay, cool. It's another youth group kid. Neat. Yeah. Um, and then after I got into, I think it was a college class. I saw, I saw David and we were in some class together or something like that. And it was like, hey, do you want to come out and shop and do some stuff? And I was like, yeah, sure. And that's when we started kind of hanging out more. Okay. So, so after they had kind of gone on from yeah. the youth group. I so. knew them, but it wasn't like a, a – I didn't know they were doing blacksmithing. Okay. I didn't know that the Mad Dwarf thing until so much later. you have a very good relationship with, with Vic. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, you know, we kind of started – all the bubblings of coal iron started at Vic's shop. Yep. One thing that I don't think I've ever been able to ask you is, did you introduce them to Vic? Is that how they got, yep. they got hooked up with Vic? Yeah. Actually, the funny thing was, is, um, Vic, um, the way I met Vic was through his son. Um, I'm nerd. We were playing D and D with a group of guys and his son was actually in, uh, that group. And we hung out and everything, and I was a big World of Warcraft kid and everything like that. And I made the joke one day of saying, I'm going to be a blacksmith. I'm going to learn how to blacksmith because I was seriously going to look for it. And out of nowhere, Dieter goes, dude, my dad can teach you how to do that. And he does that. Yeah. And I was like, what? And so Dieter introduced me to Vic. Um, went out to the shop and started hanging out. Unfortunately, it wasn't the blacksmithing I wanted because it wasn't swords and knives and things like that. It was, hey, we're going to make S-hooks and yeah. we're going to make pot hangers and things like that, like old school traditional. Unfortunately, the things that sell. Right, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. And um, so we started doing that. And um, that's when when I started going out and hanging out with um, David and them. I made We made a knife the first time I went and hung out with them. And Dave was like, holy crap, that's really straight. That's a good job because I did a, like, we just did some little knife. And I was like, yeah, the straight lines and little bit of curves and stuff. I can do that. That's fine. And I mean, I think it was a lot of first time. Hey, I like hanging out with you. You're doing a great job. champ. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 100%. Because to this day, I still say, I'm going to make something. And I go, David, fix it and make it pretty. (laughs) Um, And so we did that. And then uh, they were having a hammer, and I was like, Vic, come down and meet these kids. And then they would come down, and Vic doesn't know a stranger. Vic is very much a teacher mentality. Absolutely. And he's one to where he's like, hey, um, I want to be involved in this. I want to hang out. Let's do this stuff. And that's where, and Andy and David, that's where they kind of met Vic. Okay. Me. So, so um, obviously then Andy and David kind of move on. They do yep. Mad Dwarf. Yep. Um, meet Nathan. Coal Ironworks starts and, and, and all that fun stuff. Um, I want to go back to what you said about being into D and D and how that made you interested in being a blacksmith. Because I think a lot of times, um, you know, my, my history within literally almost anything working with my hands is being absolutely shocked that you're just allowed to go do it. Right. So I remember the first time I lit a forge with Nathan, I I stood there for probably 30 seconds and was like, is is someone going to come tell us to stop? (laughs) <laughs> Are we allowed to do this? Um, and and so it was 
I found my inspiration through freedom, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of cool that we all have these different backgrounds, but I've, I've genuinely never talked to somebody who got into a creative space because of D and D. Oh, so yeah. walk me through kind of, I, I, I guess go from as far back as you want to, as you know, as recent as you want or whatever, but how did getting into the D and D and kind of the alt nerd world, how did that make its way into you being a maker and, and, and into a creative space? Um, I definitely think that it went back, uh, like, I mean, it went back of course farther. I was very big into like the Highlander series and like my dad was big into Conan. He showed me Conan and things like that. And Mm -hmm. all those old school, like sword and knight, things like that. Um, but D and D kind of made it to where it's like, instead of just saying, I found this sword, you can actually go and go, okay, I made this sword. Right. And it was the prospects of, okay, I have to get this ore and this and this and put it together. And then, I mean, granted on the game, you just click a button, but it was the fact of knowing that these certain things go into it. And there were other games to where, I mean, you have to, okay, cool. You have to find this wood for the hilt instead of just being like, oh, one plus one plus one equals two. You have to like, okay, no, this is metal. Yeah. Then you have to actually get some wood and things. So it was, it was neat. But yeah, like with that, it was very much just a, I, I think a lot of it, cause I, I'm, oh, that's one of the things that I'm pushing is the whole Gen Con thing, how it's like the gamers. It's like, that can be some people's bread and butter because you have these guys who are sitting there going like, I want to do something special. I want to, come out of that it's it's kind of a little bit of making that world that you uh, escape to mm-hmm. a reality so it's kind of like okay instead of just being like i'm living this fantasy world and i can only be in this fantasy world when i play this game it's kind of a thing of pulling it out into the reality of that and right. really kind of you feel awesome in this game and you can kind of make a little bit of it come true in your real life so i think that's a big thing with a lot of people doing maybe an escapism kind of thing okay. but they're bringing it out into something real it might be overlooking a little too deep for some people but that was me kind of thing the only thing that i will say that um after being with like working with david and andy and just learning how things go about um with the video game stuff some of the stuff it's like cuz i'm like oh man i want to make this sword and they're like no dude that's a that like physically impossible that cannot be made that way. So I think that's the only bad part with it, but you have David who's very much into the historical points and Mm -hmm. looking into it and just the Lord of the Rings aspect of it. So yeah, very much. (laughs) So, uh, he was saying how it's like, yeah, look at these historical pieces and what they look like. And I'm like, dude, I want to look at something that looks crazy. And just, so it's just different. Yeah. So, uh, working with Andy was anything that he made was, the if there's you're into absurdity and uh david is into mythological but also somewhere fits into some historical value andy was like this is a sword it has a hilt you know and it was beautiful and it Mm -hmm. was well made and i'm not taking away from his craftsmanship but it was very streamlined is the Mm -hmm. way that i would explain anything that andy made um and it it was awesome and it's simplicity did you ever find a struggle of saying andy please it can fail. <laughs> David, it can look weird. I just want to try it because both of those guys in my experiences um, have been wholly supportive of whatever. You know, Andy would be like, yeah, it'll, it'll fail. That's not going to work, but let's go yeah. do it. You know, yeah. and David's going to hype you up and then try to make it work and find a way to make it work. Um, what did you have any experiences where they were just like, no, we're not going to do that. Um, 
not really, because that's kind of one of the big things with Andy and both David, actually, that I've noticed is, like, they can have, like, especially, like, when I was with Andy, because Andy had, I mean, you remember the the Hershey uh, rings that they had? Mm-hmm. He would have so much work to do, man, and he'd be so behind, but if you say, hey, would this work? And he goes, I don't know, let's go. And, I mean, he would, you just run along with it. Yeah. And um, I will say, though, that, I mean, like, I think sometimes, like, the the word of I just want to try it comes into play because that actually happened um, a few months ago when I started working here and I started, um, I was I was going to make my first knife. I had a friend that I was like, hey, um, he gave me this bronze gear, and this was 10 years ago. I mean, it was forever ago, and I was like, I'll make you a knife out of it, mm-hmm. um, and it never happened. So it was one of those things how I was like, okay, cool. I'd been working here for probably six months, seven months, and I was bringing a piece of bronze and I was going to make a knife out of it. And the reason why is because I'd never used one of our presses. I had tested them, mm-hmm. but I've never used one of our presses. The, la- the And everybody was like, you've used the press before. I was like, nah, man, the last press I used was this wood splitter that Andy made into a press. It was right. literally a wood splitter on side with two dies welded to it that he was using as a press. Which turned into Coal Ironworks press number one. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we just talked like, about that. On, yeah. On, uh, yesterday with um, that press became four different iterations of different presses and then finally coal ironworks that was number one yeah and i mean and that's kind of the thing is like it was just very much go but david was like well we could do this we could do this and i told him i'm like dude i just want to squish some metal i don't care i just want to try it and he was like oh okay cool and so he just kind of left me alone to my own devices for a little bit and i just kind of smushed it and i was like after i was smushing it i it was kind of a hey, this looks kind of like a knife and just kind of made the profile of it. And then that's when David saw it. And I was like, I think I might make this a knife. And then you see David do his thing where it goes up to 11. And then he's like, let's do this, 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 this. And um, it's just funny working with these really good bladesmiths. Like, I mean, him and uh, Logan, especially where it's like, they're both like, well, you can do this and make this perfect and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that would be really cool. But I, well, if you want to decrease from a, uh, uh, an 11 degree angle to a 1.7 that'll give you a um in quante bevel and right. you know it's like i don't right i don't it, like that yeah <laughs> and it, it's very well it's not really like it's like i don't understand it because yeah. it's like he's like oh well you can do this on a lathe that or a, a a spinning chuck for the um for one of the machines and i'm just like i don't oh, know the bridge fort yeah the bridge fort yeah, bridge fort yeah and i was like uh, i don't know and then what happened was i go hey cnc yeah. guys look at this can we do something like this and again <laughs> with shiloh being how he is he turned it up to freaking 10 11 as well to where it's like this crazy like w and and i mean and it took him five minutes and yeah. i'm just like it's so impressive to me like i actually was telling logan about that yesterday how i'm like i'm he impresses me in the fact of he can go out to like with a hunk of metal and make this valve that makes this machine work. And I'm just like, that's so crazy to me. And it's just so nuts to watch it. And it's, it's impressive. It's cool. So what, uh, what, what kind of things do you find yourself, um, wanting to work on? So I, I'm kind of in the same boat, right? Where I I have some experience in, in tool making. I will go on record as saying I despise making anything with a blade Mm -hmm. because I'm stupid and, uh, you can make a knife, mm-hmm. but when you're surrounded by David and Logan and, mm-hmm. you know, Andy previously, and you can't just make a knife, you have to make a knife at their level. And it's not, it's not because they have this, you know, no. big yeah. head about them. It's because they're like, we can do this. 
you're mm-hmm. you can do it and it's like man i don't no. <laughs> i don't yep. think you understand so um you know working here i came up kind of with nathan and and i i was his striker for a while so for me it's a lot like you where it's like i just want to make stuff move you hold the stuff that tells it where to move i'm gonna swing um right. and i've gotten kind of into into tool making and stuff like that what kind of things do you find yourself thinking about making now that you're surrounded with i mean in this building if you think about it there's somebody that does it right um that's kind of my thing is i i guess my biggest problem is my self-confidence with it and then just i shotgun shell everything um 10 minutes ago i was talking to evan actually about being like hey i want to make these mugs and i showed him a picture of it and i was like how would i go about doing this and i mean and then he starts giving that knowledge but then it's that self-confidence of going like it's hard to start mm-hmm. um and that's kind of always been my thing to where it's really like that perfectionism to where it's like oh but, but what if this happens? But what if this happens? But what if this? And it's really hard for me to get started because I'm so worried that it's going to fail right away. Right. Um, but like with that stuff, it's it's also that shotgun shell. It's a very calming thing here to where it's like I know like, yeah, I'm going to screw this up, but I can go to him for advice or like. I mean, with David, like it's the same thing. I made an axe, uh, an axe head mm-hmm. and Evan helped me through that. And then David, <laughs> David did his thing where he's like, what are we doing? What? I yeah. want to be involved. And he comes in and he helps and it makes this thing to where it's like, dude, I screwed this up. He's like, nah, man, I got it. Check that. And he, and he fixes it like yeah. in two seconds. So it's that safety blanket. That's really nice. Um, to where it's like, yeah, it's like I can start stuff. If I screw stuff up, I have someone who can help me fix it. That's one of the things why I always like metal more. Because with wood, it seems like if you screw up, you, you're done. You got to throw you just, it away. Yeah, you got to right. restart. Yeah. Metal, it's like, all right, cool. I'll just move this over here, heat this up, and squish it back together. I mean, it's a lot more forgiving maybe, I guess. Yeah. But that's I always like that. But, yeah, I, I have trouble trying to figure out what I'm going to do next because it's just such a shotgun shell yeah. to where it's just kind of the feeling of the day and if I have time to go with it. So uh, what, what kind of things y- – your um from what i gather and you can correct me if i'm wrong um we work with a ton of specialists mm-hmm. we work with people who want to be the very very best mm-hmm. at everything or at everything they do but they only want to do one or two things right so you have david wants to be the absolute best mythical lore based mm-hmm. blade maker on the face of the earth mm-hmm. Logan is an amazing tactical knife. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants to be the absolute best at that, and he and he soaks it all in. Nathan is a tool maker. He makes amazing tools. I feel like you're almost at the point where you're like, I kind of want to do a little bit of everything and yep. have fun, right? It's not yep. uh, necessarily the thing that wakes you up in the morning, but it might be the thing that gets you through lunch. Absolutely. Um, how, how do you kind of face that? Where do you have a, a boundary where you're like, hey, David, doesn't have to be perfect. Hey, this doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. Uh, we did that a lot with this um, bronze dagger that we were doing to where it's like, um, I I believe I the someone said it to where it's um, better done than perfect. Yeah. Um, so I Someone was saying that and it's like, okay, that makes sense to where, because it, it is very much like I have, I, I mean, with me, like, cause David, like, again, like, hey, we can make this mythical, we can make this perfect, we can make this however we want it. Um, we can. Uh, he did a thing to where we put it in um, ammonia in a bucket of ammonia and just hanging there, and it made it to where it turned this blue kind of rusty color. Yeah. And then we did a um, has the same effect of like uh, like keeping pennies in your pocket, right? That that kind mm-hmm. of. 
yeah, protective it, film. Right, yeah. And then we sprayed it with a uh, clear coat mm-hmm. to kind of hold it all in. And, I mean, it came out gorgeous. It looked like something yeah. was in a should be in a museum. It looks like marble. Right, yeah, exactly. It's, really it's cool. crazy. Uh, but, and and then it's like, it, it was one of those things how it could go, it could go, it could go more. And then, I I mean, I had, I Dave was like, hey, we can do this, we can do this. And I'm like, dude, I got to get this to this guy. It was supposed to be a Christmas present. It's already two months late. So it was ten, very much. Ten years a, and two months. Right, yeah. <laughs> ten years and two months is very, very accurate. So it was a thing. Yeah, sometimes I would definitely say it's a, hey, I'm. I'm not at your level. Let's keep it to where this is already 10 times better than I could ever do alone. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and just put it out and push it. Okay. So, so I think one thing that makes um, blacksmithing and, and blade working kind of seem unattainable a lot of times is it takes a really passionate person to do it in the, in the very beginning at the forefront um, when you think about, you know, setting up a, a forge and buying the right hammers and, and and getting all the tooling collected, that's not something you just go to a flea market and you're like, oh, build your own forge kit. Let's get going. So you initially start with somebody who's extremely passionate about even a trial of, of figuring out if they can do it. And then in order for you to learn from them, they have five to 75 years of doing it. Do you feel like um, kind of one of the things, I'm not going to say gatekeeping. I don't think there's anybody intentionally gatekeeping the metalworking community or anything like that. But do you think there's something that is a little bit um, um, imposing about looking at, you've got a friend like David who makes these amazing, beautiful swords and you're like, I want to do that. I can never do what he does. And so it's hard to start in the beginning. Oh, um, to, to getting to their level, absolutely. Um, I will say I don't agree with the fact of you have to have all this special equipment and things like that to start out with. Because, I mean, even Andy and David at their place, the first forge they had was a wood-burning stove with a vacuum cleaner attached to it. Yeah. So, and um, my first anvil that I had at my house that I was working with was about a foot-long piece of railroad. Um, just that metal railroad that you found. And I mean, even just starting out like something like that to where, I mean, you just need a hard surface to hit it on. Um, the, the, the startup, I don't think it's the hardest part I think is jump, taking the jump. Now, if you want to get into these technical stuff and how to hit it and everything like that. And I mean, yeah, you absolutely need to have that someone to come teach you. Um, but I guess I didn't know much about the gatekeeping stuff because, like I said, with Vic, he was absolutely an open book. What do you want to do? Let's make it happen. Um, He introduced me to the IBA guys, which was just a whole bunch of old dudes hanging out in a barn. Like the first 40 minutes of that thing is drinking coffee and uh, waiting uh, for the donuts. donuts. Yeah, right. Yep. Yep, The donuts. The donut guy's always late. I don't know why. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) And then um, they might work on something for an hour, maybe two. And it's like, and it's just so chill, but they will tell you anything. And that's the cool thing is like, I mean, like Vic and like David and honestly, Andy was always to the thing where it's like, Oh, you want to try this here? I got this for you. Oh, just yesterday. Um, we were talking about one of our guys wanting to make a knife and I was trying to dye this wood for him. And David was like, dude, I got some red wood down here. It's actually made that way. It's just how it's made here. I'll give it to him. And it's like, that very giving heart of wanting to do it. Yeah. I can see where some secret, I haven't really seen any secrets that people are keeping. Yeah. Man. So I'm, that's what I'm saying is, is I don't think there's gatekeeping in the community no. at all. I think everybody, especially they're, they're passionate about something that seemingly 
looks like it could go die, die away. Yeah. But we have these people that are really passionate that are like, oh, you want to do this? Come do it with me. Come do right. it with me, right? Um, but the actual act itself seems imposing. Oh, absolutely. Did you, did you have that where, you know, I, I think it's, first of all, you answered the question better than I could have ever even wanted you to ask it because you reaffirmed like anybody listening. It's like, Hey, if you've seen a knife that you think is cool, come make one. Right. You know, I, I, that's yeah. how I want people to feel is if you can dream it, you can do it. And that's the cool thing about metalworking. And, um, I don't think that there's anybody at all in my, you know, years of being involved in, in different communities and stuff. Uh, you know, I grew up in the punk scene. I, I, I've grown up in churches. I've grown up, I've, I've had a lot of subcultures as part of my life. And I would say hands down the, the blade working is the one that is like, 100%. come do this with me. Yeah. It's, and specifically with knife makers. Cause we're all lonely and yeah. need company with people. <laughs> specifically with knife makers though. They're like, come, come, yeah. let's do this. Um, you know, what more of what I was referring to is that initial, like, Oh, I think I kind of want to do that. Oh, I could never do that though, because I have to have this whole for everybody I know that does it has a whole forge. I don't have room for that. I barely can fit my lawnmower in my car in my garage. See, I got lucky because I made a joke and somebody said, Yeah, no, I got it. I got a guy. And yeah. it's like, what? So I mean, yeah, it was very, it was very strange like getting into it like that. But I can absolutely see that because it is a it it's a like a hidden group. It's like a secret society of people to where I mean it's like if you find somebody, it's like, what? And um, I always think it's funny how, like, when you have, like, IBA, for example. IBA has sales all over the place. You can go. But it's like, you're going to be that guy. And honestly, the younger you are, the more just, like, those old guys are like, hey, man, come here. I want to show you how to do yeah. something. Because they just – they they yearn to share that knowledge. Yeah. Like that's Vic's thing is he just, he just wants to share. He wants to let everybody feel included. And cause I mean, he has a group of probably eight to 10 of us to where he calls us his kids. Yeah. His son doesn't like when, well, his, I love when you refer to his son and you say the kid, yeah. he's the kid, the yeah. rest of you are kids. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, it's very much like, I mean, he will give us literally the shirt. And I mean, not us. He'll give anybody the shirt off his back. Yeah. But it's one of those things how it's just so cool to see, like, when he gets in his element because he'll start talking, man, and you'll think he knows everything. And then, the, like, you'll have somebody else come in and go, like, man, no, that's 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 not how I do. I was like, but yeah. it gets it done, so he yeah. knows the stuff, man. Yeah. And um, he actually was uh, showing me. Um, how to make copper roses. Like that was his his wife's thing. She made copper roses. Like they actually called her the copper rose, I guess is what I've never met his wife, but okay. from stories and yeah. stuff. But you make these copper roses out of these like um, copper and it's like, it's weird because you can't heat it up as hot. You don't put it in the forge. It's it's crazy. But yeah, I, I these old guys are wanting to share this knowledge. And I mean, it's not just the old guys, it's everybody. Yeah. But it's just, it's really cool. Maybe it's because I'm just getting older. Um like seeing the group that hangs around with like David and Logan and uh, Will and everybody, mm -hmm. these young guys who are coming in and just like going off on some of this stuff. Like yeah. when we did uh, the hammer in here, like, I mean, I saw Will and I thought he was just like some teenager kid, but then he goes nuts. And then Kyle, our safety guy, yeah. his kid's what, like 13, 14? Uh, yeah, 12 or 13. 12 or 13. He's got a forge now. He's got a press. He's got, got and he's making these, yeah, he's got late. He's making these crazy crosses. I mean, that's yeah. fantastic. When you have yeah. kids that, I mean, it's like, that's one of the things that breaks my heart with my kid, how it's like, he's like, I, I just want to hang out and play video games. Cause I mean, like, I will tell you, like, from the time he was born, I was waiting for that, like, 
nine, ten year old age. I'm like, all right, cool. Then we're gonna go to the shop. Yeah, then that's when we're gonna go to the shop. Yeah, and then he's just like, I don't yeah. <laughs> and it's like, no, we have so much stuff we yeah. can do. But yeah, so. I think I think that day will come. I think uh, you know everybody. It, it it's something that I've never I've never met somebody that it, he, I don't want to say nobody, but nine times out of ten, when you're like, oh yeah, like I made that, they're like, they've got questions. Yeah, right. And it, 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 it at first when you bring it up, it's not like oh look at this thing I did. They'll pick something up. You know, I've got a couple knives I've made around the house or a couple of things. And you know, somebody will pick that up and I, it reminds me, it, it brings back a, a fond memory of like, Oh, that's actually the first knife I made with Nathan. Mm-hmm. And that antler was something that he found on his farm, you know, like, and it's like, I start telling the story and they're like, wait, 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 go back. You made that. Yeah. And they have that same feeling in that moment that I had the first time I lit a forge where it was like, do you have an adult come tell you no? Right. Just allowed <laughs> right. To do that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think, I think you and you and the kid will get there. I think, you know, hopefully you, we can go off about society and, and right. stuff like that. Ugh. But, um, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's really cool from a perspective of somebody who, um, you know, you almost got drug into it. You had no options, but to figure out something to do because <laughs> all of your friends, somebody that you might consider a mentor in your life. Um, it's, it's part of who they are, not just they're a part mm-hmm. of the community, but they are metal workers they're they're blacksmiths they're bladesmiths um what kind of things are you drawn to um in in the 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 form of we know what you're inspired by you're inspired by kind of these um if i can dream it i can do it these mm-hmm. wild kind of outrageous things uh i know in the past few months i've seen you start with uh wood dyeing with wood treating mm-hmm. um i've seen you do leather uh, leather working. I've seen you get on a laser and start la- laser engraving, uh, engraving and etching. Um, do you think that that that's all stuff that you would have started doing without the background Absolutely with all, all your friends, or is that something that's drawn you in and you're like, wait, if I can make a knife, I can also uh, do this, or I can I can get on the laser and run this program. Um, absolutely not. Um, I don't think I would have at all. And to be totally honest, I don't think I would be if I wasn't working here. Um, having again i'm mr very much self-conscious uh perfectionist if i have issues doing that stuff i i have trouble getting started because i'm so worried about the failures but that safety blanket here has kind of pushed me into it that knife that i made the bronze knife was probably the first knife i've made in 10 years um that was one of the things how it it's one of the things that crazily goes stale um when something in your life can change and hit it uh, and hit so hard. That was one of the things that was funny about Vic actually too. Um, he had a wife, uh, who had died of cancer. Yeah. I met, uh, them when they, when they first, when she first passed away. Um, I never actually met her, but it was towards the end and stuff. And apparently, um, like, uh, Dieter, uh, Vic's kid was like, Hey, come see my dad. And they were showing me how to do it. Uh, and they, they started out with that. But what was crazy is that I didn't find out till many, many years later that Vic hadn't actually been in his shop for over 10 years because that was him and his wife's thing. And when his wife got sick, it turned into a storage unit and he hadn't done anything. So it was, you could tell it was really hard on him because it was one of those ones to where like, this is my wife. This is my only wife. I'm not getting married again. This is just... That's who I loved. Yeah. And you see all these crazy projects because, I mean, Vic was not the, he had a lot of stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you, you yeah. have paths to get back there. Yeah. But you see all these crazy projects. 
and they're sitting around and stuff. And you're like, hey, man, you want to finish this? And he would, it would always be like, no, nah, that was something my wife was doing and just very much, no, let's let's move on from that. And you got to the point where it was like, but his son actually told me, he's like, yeah, dude, he hasn't done been in the shop since uh, since mom died, since mm-hmm. mom got sick. So it was one of those things how, I, again, this is me talking from the outside and I don't know if this is true or not. I think it was kind of a healing thing for him because not only did he go from the shop of me and him doing stuff, but then also to Andy and David doing stuff. Yeah. And then he went to, okay, cool. I have these other people who are in our, um, Tracy was her name, would come over and they'd work on stuff. And then he got involved in the uh, Pendleton Art Society okay. and he was doing stuff for them. Um, if you drive through Pendleton right now, he has this huge like 20 foot tree that he made that has copper leaves on it. It's like this wrought iron tree. And then it has these copper petals all over it that he's letting, um, he didn't uh, put any wax or anything on them, so the oxida- oxidization makes the green coppery, yeah, and yeah. it looks amazing. It's really cool, but he was able to continue to keep doing that, and, I mean, this has been, I'd say, 10 years. Yeah. And, I mean, it was kind of a healing process for him how he was able to start making stuff and bringing stuff to life again, and I think that's that's a big part to where people, when they let it go stale, it's it kind of makes a callus on your heart. Cause I know with me making stuff like that's why I'm so excited about doing stuff again, because it's, I'm creating and I always wanted to create stuff. Like I wanted to make a video game for a while. Yeah. So just that creating a brain, something to life. And this is more tangible. It's cool to me. I really, yeah. really enjoy being able to make stuff. It's a healing process, I think. Yeah. So you said that you got, you know, maybe 10, the past 10 or so years before you started here, mm-hmm. you were out of the shop, mm-hmm. right? Um, and now you're jumping back in and you're jumping back in with, you know, kind of the skill level of a lot of the guys that have been here for a couple of years and have been around the anvil. And, um, you know, do you, do you find that there's anything imposing or anything, you know, I'm not going to say shameful, but do you, do you, do you find it's weird when you're out there with the guys that are 23, 24 years old learning to do the same things or is it just as exciting? Oh no. 100% just exciting. Um, I don't, I don't think of myself as again, confidence thing to where I'm like, I'm not better than anybody else, blah, blah. They, they I'm just here hanging out kind of yeah. trying my best, but I've always been one to where very, very much I can learn from anyone. Um, I'm, David and Andy, <laughs> they're yeah. like, they're a lot younger than me. But again, it was just me trying to grasp onto them and ride on their coattails of being like, what can I do? I just remember like when we were doing uh, some of the Thor swords and stuff like that, how you said um, you were uh, Nathan Stryker. Yeah. Um, I was I was their grinder to where they would literally yeah. give me a piece of metal and they would draw with a Sharpie yeah. on it and be like, all right, cool, grind it down to there. And it's like, okay. Do and- you ever feel like they gave you stuff and as you're working on it, you're like, they're not even going to use this. They're just, they're just, they want me to be pumped to be here. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, it would, they, I, I was very conscious of the fact that I've, I'm, I'm here. I'm eye candy here. Yeah. I'm just here. To <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They both, the, specifically David and um, Andy were so good. Nathan does it to a point, And those are kind of the guys I came up with in, in, in blacksmithing and stuff. But um, specifically David and Andy were so good about like, so much of what they do is like they have to be the one to do it. They they have the expertise. It's a knife this big. Two people can't work on it. Mm-hmm. But they would do something to make you feel involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember we went over one time, me and Nathan, uh, when he was doing just custom fabrication stuff. Mm-hmm. We had a woman 
that bought uh, just a stock table from, you know, Value City or whatever. Yeah. And it was so tall. I'm 6'4", and when I sat at the table, I felt like a toddler. Okay. It was so tall. Yeah. So, um, and it was probably, you know, made for taller chairs that mm-hmm. she didn't buy the right chairs. And I, you know, whatever. But she was like, I want it dropped about four inches. And we were like, okay. Looking back, we should have just made a jig, right? We we should have just made made a jig, dropped it. Maybe use, there, there's so many better ways we could do it. What we ended up doing was we ended up making an outside forge in a fire pit. Nice. Connected to a little blower motor mm-hmm. and almost set the shop on fire because of the embers. Floating. Fantastic. And we could not get the legs level, and we also made it way too short. <laughs> so we took the table to uh, Vic's house. Yep. Um, and we were working on the shop. And there's four little feet that we welded onto the legs mm-hmm. to bring it up a little bit. I probably ground 16 of them mm-hmm. because Andy was just like, yeah, that one, if we don't use it, we'll need a backup. Oh, that one's, a, you know, <laughs> maybe we're going to use a different size. So do this yep. one too. And it was just like, there was nothing I could do at that point to help with the table. Yep. But he would just put me on little projects. It's hey, that you whole, need to make this foot. <laughs> I need boil water and hot towels, please. Go <laughs> yeah. get boil water and get yeah. hot towels. Yep. Yeah. They were, they were always so good at that and about making you feel invited. And there's, there's stuff that I've worked on with them worked on with them Mm -hmm. and uh david has a few in his his little office there and during the hammer in um people would be looking at a sword or a knife or stone and he'd be like yeah francis helped make that and i'm like uh no i didn't he'd be like yeah i remember you uh went and bought the glue that i used (laughs) you know just like little (laughs) stuff like that um he's got a a project that he's getting ready to release and every time he films footage of it he calls it our sword yep I helped him flatten some wrought iron. Yep. That's all I did. But, yeah. that's, but that's their heart, though, is they want people to feel so happy. I know I've told the story yeah. a million times, but it, it's literally one of the biggest ones in my heart that, like, I made this little knife. Like, me and Andy, we made a little bushcraft knife. It was a little dagger and everything like that. And, I mean, I did some wood burning and everything, and he said, hey, I got some guy that wants to buy it. And I'm like, really? How much? And he was like, like 75 bucks. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I was like, this guy's an idiot. Yeah. And so as I was Tell like, him I can right, make more. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so he bought it and like he, uh, he, he's like, I'll send it out to him here to give to me. And he, he like waited a week or something. He gave me like 75 bucks and he sent it out and whatever. And so like years go by and we're moving Andy because he's moving out of the house and I'm grabbing a box and the knife falls out of the box. And I was like, you jerk. And I look at him and he just goes, I like the knife and just walked off. And yeah. I'm just like, dude, what? Yeah. But it's that heart of being like, they're trying real hard. I want to make sure to like stoke that fire a yeah. little bit. And I mean, yeah. they're so good at it. Yeah. And I mean, like. Uh, I love that because to this day, you could walk around the shop, find a random knife and you're like, what is this? Did somebody leave this? Is this a work in progress? Mm-hmm. Whatever. And I mean, you know, not to throw anybody under the bus um, and not to make it sound like, you know anybody here is a perfectionist, but these are some bad knives. Mm -hmm. And I just found out about two months ago that uh, just about every single one of them, Andy would get on Instagram, just search the hashtag blacksmith, find people with like four or five followers and buy two knives. Mm -hmm. And that was something that he was stoked on doing. So now we have all of these knives from people who, when you look up their maker mark on their knife and you go look at their Instagram now, they do beautiful, amazing work. And it's like, Andy 
was part of that, you know, and that's so cool to see his memory live on in that way and his generosity live on in that way of like, he did all these cool things that I guarantee you there's 50 other things he did on a weekly to monthly basis that we'll never find out about that he did stuff like that. Yeah. Because he was so quiet about doing Mm -hmm. stuff like that, but all he wanted to do, like you said, was stoke that fire. But then again, I mean, and like I said, it's like, I mean, I know just from the little bit of time that I've worked with Nate too, I mean, it's very much like... He's that same way how it's like a, hey, go do it. Go do it. Yeah. Like I, I I say people that we're so blessed to work here because it's like no company will say, hey, do you want to do something? Use this. Use this. Yeah. You don't have that. And it's such a blessing and huge. And I mean, like with David, how you said how it's like, I brought glue. He's like, <laughs> yeah. no, that's our sword, man. Yeah. That's we did that. It's just like, dude, what? Yeah. <laughs> but he wants like it's that joy and love of sharing that and seeing that joy on people's faces, man. And it's just so cool. And it's, it's hard to find and it's really neat to find it in such a concentrated place. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I, I think that's one way to look at it, right. Is, is it's, it's hard to find it in a concentrated place. Um, but I would also go to say that I've met quite a few people over the past couple of years through the, the, the community that Cole has built. Um, and I think it's just the community, you know, I've, I've experienced the same thing with, you know, I, I, I don't want to, you know, name drop or bring anybody into it that doesn't want their things shared, but I've had conversations with people that have, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers and will be having a conversation about the way they, you know, they, they draw their tang out or whatever, just, mm-hmm. you know, little stuff. And, oh, I've never thought of that. And it's like, dude, you know, don't tell me, right. That. Don't tell me you never thought about that. Yep. And it's like the entire community is so supportive of each other. And when we have, you know, people come out that are furniture makers, people that come out that are hammer makers, knife makers, and they all just hang out mm-hmm. and they all end up forging one thing together yeah. and they all, you know, it's all so supportive and you're bringing a little bit of, you know, so-and-so's knowledge from the cabinet he made last week, so-and-so's knowledge from this integral that he made, you know, five years ago and he's been perfecting on. Yeah. And then not to mention that all of these guys also usually make all of their own tooling They nothing is impossible. Oh, we can't do that by hand. Cool. I've got seven dudes here who literally make jigs on a single CNC for a living (laughs) or even a bridge porter, you know? So, uh, yeah, I think that's just the community, man. I, 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 in my experience, the, the Nathans and the Andes and all of those are much, they're way easier to access than the curmudgeons. We, you know, there's the joke that bladesmiths are really proud of themselves and they're, you know, kind of, kind of chads of the the metalworking oh, yeah. community uh and that blacksmiths are curmudgeons and this is my shop you'll never see it again don't talk to me lose my number thank you for buying this hammer <laughs> yep and personality wise that's kind of true yeah <laughs> but sometimes at the same point i've had great interactions with the dudes who are like hey man you'll never see me again but i really enjoyed this conversation you know, and I've had great interactions with dudes that I'm like, you're not full of yourself. You're just really stoked on what you got accomplished. And know? I guess like with, I, I, I mean, in mine, it's like, I haven't got, I haven't been in the community for a long time. Yeah. So this is kind of my place where I've had, I haven't gone out to any shows or talked to anybody. But your much. case study, you're like, you're batting a thousand. Yo, absolutely, <laughs> you know? dude. Yeah, no, I'm doing real good. But yeah, no, it's like, so it's, yeah, it's, it's a cool environment, man. I really cool. enjoy it. Well, um, you know, we've got a little bit of time left, so we've talked about kind of your history of how you got to know the guys. We've talked about what got you into, into creating and, and what, um, uh, 
uh, what, sorry, what got you into creating and, and the kind of things that, that you've been able to pick up on. What do you have going on in the future? I know there's a few things that have kind of hooked you a little bit more than the others. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have you got coming up over the next maybe, I don't know, year or two years that you look forward to either diving into or becoming the expert in? Um, honestly, my big thing right now is honestly the laser stuff and 3D printing stuff. Um, I'm helping, I, I got a laser at home that I'm working with and got some stuff here that we can kind of play with for metals and, uh, wood and plastics and things like that. So I'm learning that, mm-hmm. um, kind of diving more into the custom stuff with that where it's like, Hey, if somebody wants a cool sign or if somebody wants, um, a cutout of something, I'm working with some laser cutting and etching and things of that sort. And then 3d printing stuff. I'm helping actually David learn some 3d printing stuff, which is kind of cool. I can kind of give back to him a little bit to where I'm like, now I am the man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it's fun. But yeah, those are the main things I'm doing right now. Um, I do want to continue working like, uh, on some metal stuff too. Like I was asked, I was talking to Evan actually about wanting to do mugs next. It's just, again, that shotgun shell of just everything. I'm like, what's next? Yeah. What next? But at home, um, and kind of trying to do the side gig is the laser etching and custom laser cutting and things like that, uh, where it can be pretty much anything, whether it's on metal, like I said, metal, wood, plastic, uh, David's given me a couple of his art pieces that I'm actually burn into some cool leather pieces to look into maybe selling. So yeah. it's 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 a work. It's 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 learning. It's kind of jumped into the deep end again. Okay, so learning stuff. Good. So it's an exciting time to uh, to be Chris. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. And like I said, just just kind of learning new stuff. Cool. So awesome. Uh, well, thank you for coming by. I this love is such it. a weird way to go out but thank you for coming by uh (laughs) that's gonna wrap us up thanks guys for listening to uh coal cast coal iron casting cast cast of coal um check us out on the next episode and uh appreciate your time coming out